0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
0: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Volume.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
5: On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: This episode is brought to you by AT&T Fiber. And we just want to say we know there's nothing better in the world than getting a great deal. Like getting upgraded to a better seat on a long flight. Or getting a free dessert when you're a restaurant regular. Even that free latte you get when you fill up your punch card. A deal just makes it taste better. And now, as an AT&T Wireless customer, you can get an exclusive deal on super-fast internet from AT&T Fiber. You'll get faster upload speeds and a great deal with AT&T Fiber. That means smooth gaming, reliable video calls, and a quality work-from-home experience. It might not be as tasty as a free donut with your coffee, but it is pretty sweet. You can learn more at att.com slash Limited availability in select areas. Restrictions apply.
6: How have fans across the country been amping up the excitement every college football Saturday this season? They've been playing Colin Cowherd's Saturday spreads on FanDuel for a free shot at big prizes. And for those who missed out on the fun earlier this season, don't worry. There's still time to start playing. The game's very simple. We'll choose 10 of college football's biggest matchups each week. Make your picks against the spread for each one and the fans who get the most right win a share of $5,000 in prizes. That's a share of five grand in prizes up for grabs every week. Here's what I got this week. I got three for you. Give me Utah minus two and a half at home against Oregon. We've been talking about this matchup a lot. Think it's going to be a heavy ground game. I like Utah by at least to field goal SMU plus 12 and a half exposes Cincinnati for what I believe they really are and Pitt minus 13 and a half against the Virginia team he's got some problems at quarterback with injuries with Brendan Armstrong I really really like those three jump on them with me and you need to go to fanduel.com slash Saturday spreads or download the fanduel app to check in on Colin and my weekly picks And to get your picks in before kickoff for your free shot at $5,000 in prizes. No person necessary. Age restrictions apply depending on location. Void where prohibited. See FanDuel.com for terms and
2: conditions. Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the J-Boy Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and hosted by Jake Crane.
5: This is Roman Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock, and you're watching the J-Boy show And you're watching the J-Boy Show.
2: And thanks for watching the J-Boy Show.
6: All right, we are here on a Tuesday live from the College Football Hall of Fame. Thank you guys for joining the J-Boy Show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Turn those notifications on, and if you don't mind, feeling good, feeling sporty about it, hit that like button as well. Shout out to the Booster Club, which we all know. I think it's consensus now, not only on this continent, but in all the others. The Booster Club is the greatest grassroots movement since the Renaissance. Fact. Uh, factual. I don't think we can lie, we, or we can even play it off anymore like it's not the truth. It's you in know, a tablet in the pyramids in Egypt. That's exactly we right. We all know it. It's hidden. It's somewhere Nicolas Cage is looking for it, trying to find <laughs> it, <laughs> it to it's get him out a of a problem. The uh, but no, we got an absolutely great show for you today. I want to start off talking about all these college football vacancies that are opening and why you're seeing guys get fired earlier. There's a reason for that, but there's also a caveat into it that I find fascinating from an administrational standpoint, from a timeline standpoint. We're going to dive into that, have some fun with it. And then, you know, we're going to talk about Georgia versus the field. Would you take Georgia to win the natty or the field? I think it's pretty obvious that who I'm going to pick, and I'm going to tell you why. we got some numbers to back that up as well. And then Rusty Manziel, speaking of Georgia, is going to join us, talk about the big win over Tennessee. And is the national championship game really going to be the game played where we're at here in Atlanta right across the street uh, in the Dome when Georgia looks like they're going to play Alabama to this point? you got to let it play out at the end, have to see what happens in the Iron Bowl. But, you know, craziness really needs to happen for Alabama not to get an SEC championship. And then we're going to debut our new hit game, coaching carousel. I'm going to let Cone explain the rules. Again, just like five questions in this other one, they have a group chat that I'm not in where they come up with all this stuff (laughs) and then I get to find out right, you know, on the rip what it is. Jordan Battle, starting safety from Alabama, is going to join us after a huge win over New Mexico State, getting through it. And I want to talk about two people that complain about You know, power five teams that play FCS teams at the end of the year, and just how stupid that is when you're looking at at strength of schedule and and how it works, and how it's just a terrible argument. I'm going to dive into that. We're going to debut our top 12 team playoff. Remember, it's our top 12. We put out our top 10 yesterday. We're going to add two more teams. And some of the matchups, we're going to find out that if it was played today, is actually going to be played during the regular season. Mm. That's going to be fun. Mm. And then, of course, we have our Maction Bets. Oh and if you weren't with us last week. Back to the battlefield. After, oh, what, after what the Mac did man. to us on Tuesday, we declared war on them on the show Wednesday, and we won the battle. Now we're going to find out at the end of the day who's going to win the battles this week. Because at the end, we're going to add it up and see who won the war. But it's going to be a great show. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Booster Club, we're going to get to you. I want to get to you guys a lot today. But I want to start with all these coaching situations and vacancies and why it's happening so quickly. If you haven't heard, Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech was let go this morning. So that gives you Virginia Tech, gives you LSU, Washington, Washington State, USC, there, there's some jobs right now. You know, you're looking at Florida possibly being open uh, as well. And there's some names we're going to play with that in coaching carousel. But the timing of it, you say, All right, why does it feel like the timeline of coaches that are getting let go is earlier than what we've seen? In my opinion, And again, I don't call it the early signing period because most people are going to sign then. So it turns in to the new signing period. And then we have a late signing period in December. To me, when you had the national signing day, when most kids were signing in February, you had more time. You could get through the regular season, then let a coach go, then bring another coach in and have enough time to recruit. Well, since that signing day got moved up, the timeline of when you need to bring a coach in to salvage a recruiting class get sped up it's pretty hand-in-hand stuff it you know you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure that out but the caveat in that is if you're going to get a head coach at another power five place just for an example LSU and Lincoln Riley let's just use that as an example if LSU wanted to get Lincoln Riley Oklahoma is still in the playoff hunt while I think they're pretty much out of it they need a lot to happen around them they're still in the playoff hunt so the odds of you getting a Lincoln Riley Before the regular season ends, because if it ends at the end of November, you don't have a ton of time in December before that signing period to be able to put a class together. So it's kind of not a catch-22 or a double-edged sword, but you really have to pick and choose your spots when you're going to get a guy and finding out the availability of guys even before you've let that head coach go. So the timeline of the signing period moved up. Therefore, the timeline of when you have to let a guy go has moved up. Now, some circumstances dictate having to let a guy go. You look at Jimmy Lake in Washington, something like that, off-the-field stuff piling up. That's a different situation, and we always have to take every circumstance at face value because situations are different we can't lump all firings together but when you look at Virginia Tech saying all right Justin Fuente we're going to go ahead and let you go you really just bought yourself an extra two three weeks for a new guy if you have him already set up or if you already have a committee that's been looking because make no mistake guys it's not like they just fire a guy and then say all right guys let's go look for a coach That's not how that works. It's not how that works at all. They have a good idea, and you hear the old adage, well, every AD has that list in his you know, sock drawer of what coaches he'd get to replace the coach that's there. That's a real thing. That's actually a 100% true thing. And these guys start working on it, and different people in the athletic department or people they reach out to to contract committees. We hear all this stuff. They're already looking. So, a lot of times, a decision is pretty much already made, or you know that somebody will be available that you think you're going to have a shot at, or multiple somebody's, because you don't just want to blindly fire somebody. That you can't build this thing on the way down, building the parachute on the way down. That's a horrible way to go about it. So, who does Virginia Tech look at? We're going to talk about that. LSU's had a ton of time. USC's had a ton of time letting Clay Helton go. Washington and Washington State are going to have a ton of time to be able to find a guy. So you have balancing timelines. That's why whenever one thing moves, and especially something as important as National Signing Day, when that moves, everything else has to move. It's a domino effect. And that, to me, is why you're seeing coaches being let go earlier. You know, you won't have as as big of a, you know, Black Sunday, as they call it, or, you know, Black Monday, I believe, in the NFL, where guys are getting let go all on the same day because that's typically when you let them go. And it's obviously a lot different in the NFL. You're not recruiting guys. You're choosing guys. You're signing guys. So, you know, sometimes guys, while they have the option to say, no, I don't want to go there, most of the time when you're signing somebody in the NFL, they want to make a team. They want to be on a team because they want to get paid. So those things go hand in hand. So that's my theory. That's my philosophy on why you're seeing guys get let go earlier. And I don't think it's close to done. Uh, you're going to have guys get let go at the end of the year You're looking at the Dan Mullen situation There's a handful of other situations that, that we're looking at But again, everything has to move towards recruiting Because it all goes back to the three things And I know we've probably beat this horse to death But it's recruiting, it's culture, and it's development And you can't have culture or development without recruiting So it all is based off of that, and I do think you put yourself in a better situation, but you sure as hell better have done your homework before you make the decision to let a guy go. And, again, that's just the principle of the matter and and how it's going to be. But I do want to move on, and I want to get the Booster Club's thought on that. If anybody has an alternate theory on that, please let me know. Whether it's Booster Club, Twitter, it doesn't matter. But I really feel like this is 100% the reason why. I mean, we talk to ADs. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, we talk to people that are connected to programs, and they all say the same thing. You know, we want more time to find a guy. That way we can get a guy quicker and be able to give him longer to recruit. I'll use the Lincoln Riley example again. We talked about it with Mike Scarbo yesterday. If Lincoln Riley comes to LSU and has almost a month to recruit, are somewhere around four weeks to recruit, Mm -hmm. you can salvage a recruiting class then. Even if it's just the head coach and a couple assistants, because at least on the offensive side of the ball, you know what you're going to get. And I would really think that if Lincoln Riley went to LSU, and and I don't want to digress too much, he would bring a lot of the staff with him. I don't think it'd be Lincoln going and building a brand new staff. I think a lot of that staff who loves working for Lincoln Riley would go with him. And I think it's something that's pretty interesting.
4: When you talk about that scenario, I kind of had to live through that with Lloyd Carr and Mm -hmm. Les Miles. I mean, Les Miles Miles only had one program on his list to be able to leave for, to leave LSU for, and that was Michigan. Yeah. But he was coaching in the national title that year. Yeah. Remember I mean Coach Carr announced his retirement after the Ohio game, which is Thanksgiving, right? Les Miles has an opportunity to coach in the national title in 07. And I mean, what's he is he gonna leave for that job before the <laughs> national title can be played? But Michigan's not a program who's gonna wait around until the middle of January to announce a coach. It was a it was a tough situation.
6: Yeah, and I mean you can also go back to the Kirby Smart and Auburn situation. Mm. Kirby Smart was gonna take the Auburn job. Gotcha. But there were only two problems. Auburn wouldn't give him full control, which is not
0: beyond surprising. stupid,
6: not but not surprising. Nobody gets in their way more than Auburn, uh their own way more than Auburn, and they didn't want him to coach in the national championship game as the defensive coordinator. Who cares? Who really cares? Mm -hmm. What a stupid, arrogant, egotistical move by whoever made that decision. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, again. You saw that
4: that Texas didn't make that decision with Sarkeesian, Right. He got to coach in the national title game and then left for Texas and mm-hmm. took that job. It's
6: just, again, a, it's, un- it's, just it's un- unnecessary. Un- un- unnecessary. You're, you're doing I? too much. It's like
4: we said. And usually, I might be
7: wrong here, but usually ADs, um, not to use a baseball reference right here, but they usually got have a guy on deck and in the hole that they're usually looking at to maybe no come doubt. On the, yeah, for sure.
6: Yeah, this isn't just, like I said, this isn't a blind decision. Outside of something happening. You know, uh, some charge or something off the field that you're like, we got to get rid of this guy. I mean, it's just a fireable offense. Then you're left scrambling, but still, you still have that list in your sock drawer you can go back to and say, all right, well, here's the guys. Because these ADs build relationships throughout the whole time. Like, they all know each other. The the coaching world and the Mm -hmm. AD world is a lot smaller than what you think it is, Mm -hmm. I promise. And everybody knows everybody, from head coaches to assistant coaches to coordinators. Everybody knows everybody. And this timeline is just going to be really interesting to follow, and I wonder what other dominoes Mm -hmm. we'll see in the next couple of weeks and which guys will leave Power 5 jobs for
4: other Power 5 jobs while the
6: season is still going, yes, if they do.
4: It's tough for the guys who are still there, right? I mean, for the players who are there who Mm -hmm. got brought in by a certain coach, especially when there's a schematic change, which is what happened when I was in college. Like, that's very tough for the guys who are there. I wonder now, with the ability for guys to leave and not have to sit out, you're going to see the portal start jumping when these coaches leave. Yeah, and
6: this goes back to the intake rule being changed. Like, if you're a coach that's inheriting a program that people are fleeing quicker than when the Titanic hit the iceberg, you know, you want to have have it under control where you can bring in enough guys to be able to make a difference in year one. And while it's at 32, listen, it's more, it's seven more than 25. It's free agency. It's free agency is what it is. It's what it is. I mean, it's, and again, Mm -hmm. you just got to call a spade a spade. Uh, But I I do want to get in as well, Blaine, and and we'll go to the booster club after this as, as we uh, await Rusty Manziel, Georgia or the field. You know, I, I, I thought about this driving back after the show yesterday, I thought about it this morning. Knew we were going to talk about it after the production meeting. And I don't know how you wouldn't take Georgia. You have to. I mean, to me, the field is Bama.
7: Maybe Ohio (laughs) Ohio State. State. The field 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 would be Bama and Ohio State. The field
6: would be Bama and Ohio State. So if you're telling me, would I take Georgia? And if you look right now at the odds to make the national championship game, Ohio State's number two. Vegas is telling you they don't
4: think Alabama's going to beat Georgia. So you think three teams, right? Which is what I've always said is there never been more than three teams in the last decade who could win a national title. Now, your long argument for this is, yes, but go to a 12-team playoff and you will create parity through recruiting. Recruiting, I get that. But for right now, look, we're talking about three teams who could possibly win it and really just one.
6: Yeah, I mean, if if you're looking anywhere else and saying, and there were people on social media, I threw this question out on social media, and there were some people that were taking the field. And I get, and I'm going to ask Rusty about this, I get saying, all right, you got to take the crown from Bama. I get it. But I'm looking at how teams are playing this year. You have to take it for this year. I'm not a trends guy. I'm just not. I'm not going to look and be like, well, you know, on Saturdays after October 4th, if it's a if it's a full-blood moon and, you know, the, the coach ate a steak the night before, they're 9-3. and three. Like, I don't look <laughs> at that stuff. I look at this year. I look at the maturity of Georgia because, to me, the difference, and, and I'll say it again, I had a whole monologue and spiel on it. I'm not going to get into it again. But just off the top, Georgia, to me, has been the most consistent team in all three phases with the best roster. And that's a recipe to win the whole thing. So if you're gun to my head, i got to take Georgia or the field. Well, go ahead and, and, and cock it, get it back ready to fire, because I'm taking Georgia, and, you know, I'm going to die on that hill. Yeah, I and, st- and here's yeah. the real question. Is the national championship really going to be played, like I said, right in here, Atlanta in right here when they play <laughs> Bama? Because I don't care what anybody says. he. Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State has athletes enough to scare you, but C.J. Stroud still really hasn't done it against an elite defense. You've seen him go up and down and up and down yeah. and up and down, and the one thing Stetson doesn't do, Stetson Bennett, the quarterback for Georgia, it's like this. Yeah, I, It's just,
7: yeah. just solid. I just, just don't moving. think there's a, a, a elite enough offense with the most experienced enough quarterback to beat Georgia.
6: Who's scoring more than 24 points against Georgia? Who? I'll give you a hint. Point them out. The Rams.
4: The Rams. And they only scored 10 last <laughs> night against the Niners.
6: <laughs> and
4: they got a they got
6: a Madden ultimate team over yeah. there. But when you look, when you look around, honestly, who's scoring more than, let's call a spade a spade, who's scoring more than 21 points against Georgia? I said, from the beginning of the year, I don't see a team scoring 24 points on Georgia. Well, here we are, guys. Mm. Here we are. Who they got left? Georgia Tech? This
4: is oh, the
7: regular I mean, the regular season, I mean, they're the, going to win every game. It's going to be SEC Championship. I mean, guys, they're giving up two
6: and a half yards.
7: Don't sleep on Jeff Carey. Collins. Don't Dave, sleep on Jeff per Collins. Carey,
6: they're giving up two and a half yards. Inside inside the red <laughs> zone, Georgia's like 25%. Opponents on like 25% in success rate. It's ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. It's already hard enough to move it in between the 20s on them. But once you get inside the red zone, you, instantly, you see the field goal kicker stretching. I mean, he just have <laughs> kicking in the net, stretching, and, and and Georgia has been
4: the most consistent team. I just somebody give you an argument. Give me an argument where you going to take the field. Mm. This is the old Tiger Woods uh, wager. Remember, people used yeah. to take Tiger Woods against the field, and you know what? They were smart. And He, and he used to do it. Like, like he, I just, he again, would cover that. I mean, I, what? I mean,
7: what, what was Tiger's favorite thing to wear?
4: Mm, mm, see now you're connected. To the black, good for mm,
7: you,
6: buddy. Uh, this is that type see playing sixty there? chess yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah this there? is the Morpheus syndrome wow. he's got going on over there. He's really diving deep. Uh, but all right, I, I want to stay on this subject. I want to get Rusty Manziel in here. Is Rusty ready? And then Rusty's we're going to get to ready. the Booster Club after Rusty gets in. But, like, get the Booster Club hot. We'll have a couple questions from all them right. for Rusty. Doesn't matter if you're a Georgia fan, but let's bring him in here. Here comes Rusty. Him, his name may be Rusty, but his takes are never mm. rusty. Rusty Manziel, <laughs> what's up, man? I'm
8: here, man. How about you guys?
6: Oh, I'm doing good. I see you living the three-stripe life. Respect, respect with the Adidas hat. But, you know, let yeah. me get your take, Rusty. And listen, I know you work for for the 247 Georgia site, but you're a guy that watches all football, and, and you do a really good job of calling it like you see it. Somebody tell me how you could take the field against Georgia right now. And to me, the field means Bama and possibly Ohio State because I don't see anybody else out there. And I know you're not going to say Cincinnati, Rusty. I may have to cut the interview short. <laughs>
8: You know, I think right now you would love to see Georgia versus that 2019 LSU offense, or the Georgia, oh. Alabama 20, or the Alabama 2020 offense. I mean, just absolute freakazoids, first round draft picks NFL everywhere. Game. But NFL, but right now, you know, there's not that offense out there. There's 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 playmakers. There's really good freaking players. There's just not to me that complete team offensively. Yeah. So if you're having to take Georgia versus a field, I would take Georgia versus a field. But you know, that's not a lock. But right now, I think. Uh, offensively, we're not where we were in 2019. I still on the sidelines of that LSU Georgia game. And I'm telling you right now, I have still to this day seen anything like that. Those dudes were so big, so fast. Um, yeah. you go back and look at that play, Trayvon Walker. Georgia dialed up a perfect blitz. Trayvon Walker's gonna be a first round draft but He couldn't get his damn hands on Burrow. As he turns around, <laughs> then he turns around, drops a dime for about 50. It was over then.
6: Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if there's was more magic in that game or when Gryffindor pulled out the Quidditch win over Hufflepuff, and I think we all know how, how much magic was dropped barn in that burner. one. Absolute barn, barn. burner. Uh, it's that golden snitch. I think we all know how hard it is. But, Russ, that's neither here nor there. We'll get into Quidditch <laughs> later. We'll bring you back on to hit that. But, uh, Rusty, what well, you bring up – I'm looking around the country. I mean, you could <laughs> – You know, you could say Ohio State, I guess, but I haven't seen C.J. Stroud do it against a defense that can really make you pay. Now, he's turned the ball over a little bit, but they've been able to get away with it, and I know they've got speed, and and Ohio State's kind of built somewhat like an SEC team. But I'm looking around the country, Rusty. What offense is explosive? It's a great point you're bringing up. What offense do you look around and you're like, man, they're going to give Georgia some problems? I don't see it. I mean, Bama could get hot,
8: I guess. You look at you look at I, I, until I'm sure we're going to talk about Georgia-Bama, but let's go Georgia-Ohio State. You look at that matchup. You look at Alave versus you know Darian Kendrick. He got in Kendrick mm. pretty good last year. So Georgia plays them again. Uh, if Georgia were to play them. That's a matchup you want to watch. C.J. Stroud. I think people put too much on the first of the year versus how you're playing at the end of the year. And Ohio State is Ohio State has gotten better every week. C.J. Stroud gets reps every week. So. Uh, I'm not saying there's not an offense, but that's one potentially that you start looking at some individual matchups in that game. And Ohio State would be one that would worry me a little bit, too, if I was mm-hmm. Georgia down the line.
6: Yeah, and, and that's why I would put them in the field, I guess you would say. Because, again, Ohio State, when you recruit at that level, and, you know, it's all about matchups, Rusty. That's what it comes no down doubt. to. It's no a doubt. game of matchups. Uh, but when you scan the rest of the country, you know, I, I really don't see it. But let's talk about uh, getting over the Bama hump, I guess you could say. Uh, terrible pun, but I guess we'll use it. You know, when you this team to me, Rusty, and, and I take every year differently because typically you have different leaders. It's a different team, and now with the transfer portal, you got new guys in. I feel like this Georgia team is just really mature. I mean, we know they're talented, yeah. Yeah. but you look, I mean, they don't make a ton of schematical mistakes. They don't bust coverages offensively. They know who they are, and you've got older guys uh, and even younger guys that are policing the older guys. We talked to Jamari Salyer, and he's like, "That's the best thing we got going is that the younger guys police everybody, the older guys police everybody." and we don't have that problem. And you beat Bama at their own game. You beat them with consistency. You match, try and match them with personnel as much as you can. And Georgia's got that. And you beat them with consistency. Do you think this team is different than what we've seen
8: Georgia Alabama in the past? I've said it from probably since June. And I really, I'm always careful about that because I hate the offseason talk about the seniors are bought in. This is the best offseason we ever had. Everybody's undefeated in June. Um, mm-hmm. you know, with this team though, I have been very clear. I kept hearing a lot of different things that like they the staff love this team. Jamari Sawyer, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, Quay mm-hmm. Walker, Richard uh, Lewis, Sean, all those guys are older, experienced players. They all came back for a reason, and that was to win a damn game in December and win and win a couple in January. So, you start talking about the Bama hump. You can talk about you know, from a Georgia's perspective, they've done everything they could beat, beat but beat Alabama. They've yep. Those two games in the dome, they've led for 99% of the time and lost both of them. They led Alabama on the road at the half last year. Oh, by the way, with Stetson Bennett quarterbacking. But you know what the common denominator is? They took three L's. So Georgia has got to find a way. This is a major, major thing with Georgia. They've got to beat Alabama and they got to beat them in December in that building to take the next step, and if they do that, I think this Georgia, this Georgia program, could take that step to where they're not a every three or four year getting a championship. They're going to be that that team every year we go. You know what? They can do it.
6: Yeah, you know, it reminds me of, you know, one of the greatest films of our time. I mean, you've got Citizen Kane, you know, you've got Titanic, but the water boy, when Coach Klein struggling with Red Bayou and every time he looks over the sideline, he goes and hides. But then in the bourbon bowl, they convince him to look over there and it's like that baby, it's like his face turns into a baby's yeah, and he's like, hey, yeah, how yeah, cute yeah. are you? How cute are you? I feel yeah. like that's what Kirby's doing this year or at least going to do in the SEC championship game when they meet up, because I feel like that's the matchup that's going to be happening. Uh, but I want to talk about the offense against Tennessee and one of the keys to Victory, Rusty, that we talked about last week with Tennessee's. You can't fall in the trap of trying to play the style that Tennessee wants to get you to fall for. They want you to turn into a shootout. They want you to say, all right, Stetson Bennett, you're going to have to throw it 45 times to be able to keep up with the scoring-wise. I thought, and it goes back to maturity again, and I'm going to keep using that word. Uh, Georgia said, all right, Tennessee, you went right down the field and scored. That's fine. Down said, hut, go to work, James Cook. They didn't get outside of, of, of themselves, and to me, I think that's the difference. Just talk about the performance against Tennessee and running through the SEC undefeated. I mean, they hadn't done it in, what, 39 years?
8: Yeah, I told everybody, I said, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't, I, I I, didn't bet Saturday to put it this way, but I told everybody I could say, you better take Tennessee in that first quarter. I don't care what the spread is, because you cannot, you cannot show the same thing they're doing on the scout team. It just, mm-hmm. It's impossible. So it took Georgia a little while to adjust to it. Once they did, they shut things down until late in the fourth quarter. But Georgia stayed within who they are. And you know, we could talk about Stetson a minute the rest of the show for another hour. and you Everybody would have different opinions. He made some throws Saturday. You're like, man, you got to be able to make those. If you're going to beat Alabama. He also made some plays. It shows you why he's their guy, why this is his team, why he's playing, you know, especially that touch that play he ran a touchdown on. The running back goes the wrong way. Well, if that's JT Daniels, that's second and yep. 11 because you're going to take it. Hit. Well, this dude jukes two guys, dies from the end zone, and you're kicking an extra point. So the ability to create... Off you know, off schedule is where I think Stetson Bennett and that staff, Kirby Smart, Todd Monk, and those guys go, This is the value he brings, yeah. uh, zone read, he keeps it sometimes. So uh Jay, it used to drive people crazy. Jake Fromm wouldn't keep a zone, he wouldn't keep a zone read to save his life. <laughs> him and Jared so nobody, Stedham. <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah, exactly. So nobody <laughs> defended that. You have to defend it on Stetson Bennett. So he creates each play kind of some habit because you gotta defend him. You gotta defend eleven players on defense when Stetson minutes in the game. But I thought James Cook, the story of the day, was James Cook because Georgia has been trying for four years to figure out how to use that guy. And I'm telling you, they got him lathered up Saturday, mismatch on the outside, touchdown. He was running between the tackles, caught a couple uh, caught a couple balls in space. If they can get James Cook that involved, that is the next step that Georgia could take offensive because he comes a big time weapon for them.
6: Mm -hmm. and Todd Munkin rode the hot hand that's what you have to do I mean James was you know lack of a better term cooking from the start uh so you ride him the rest of the way so I mean Mm -hmm. I don't think it's crazy to go out on a limb now we've been talking about Stetson and JT the whole time it looks like it's Stetson's team I I mean at this point right I mean you can't what are you gonna do? throw JT in there against Alabama now I mean it it, look I think Stetson's either gonna ride it to the championship uh you know if he goes down you got a great option there even though JT looked rusty but I don't think we're going out on a limb to say that anymore
8: uh, two things, and I'm going to be real careful with this because they could go a million directions. When, when mm-hmm. Jake Fromm beat Florida in 2019, he shredded Florida, carved them up, it was over. Georgia rode him the next four games. They rode him to the fourth quarter, didn't play Fields again. Basically, at uh, that point, they just said Justin Fields is not ready. We're going with Jake Fromm. Now, what I think is different about this, they believe in both quarterbacks. They just think that the Stetson Bennett gives them the best chance to win. So, if they were to get in a situation the second quarter and you're down 10 to Bama, I think they would play JT Daniels, and I think they would have confidence. So, with that being said, I think it's a little different than what 2019. Once, yeah. once Fromm played great in that Florida game, it was over uh, until it was history, you know, for, for that, that quarterback race. Uh, but for this one, I think it's a little different. Stetson's a guy right now. They're running him all the reps. Uh, but I think JT Daniels at some point is going to play in a game, and we'll see what he can do.
6: All right, Rusty, my last question for you before I let you plug where you can find your work. If the Braves uh, Braves won the World Series, if Georgia wins the national championship, will there even be a city of
8: Atlanta left about a week after? I'll tell you what, I would love to have stock in Budweiser. and.
2: (laughs) If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
5: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
8: If, if Georgia, if you know the Braves, uh, it's kind of like your 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 grandfathers, your, your you know your cousins, your uncles. That's kind of your team. The Georgia Bulldogs has got a little bit rowdier fan base. Yeah. they've waited. A, they've waited a long time to win one. So I don't know if three sixteen going into Athens would be ready for that one if they if they do win this thing.
6: No, nah, man, it's going to be nuts. Rusty, I appreciate it, buddy. Tell everybody where they can find your work.
8: Uh, anywhere on 24-7 Sports. Uh, Dogs two four seven, mainly during the day. Also cover the state of Georgia for 24-7 Sports. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mansell 247
6: Rusty, I always appreciate you, brother. Let's do it again soon. I'm sure we'll be Let's talking. There'll be news.
8: Let's go. <laughs> Next week, man. Sounds good.
6: All right, brother. Be good. Thanks. All right, one of our favorite guys to get on always, Rusty Manziel. Blaine, what's the booster club saying?
7: All right, uh, we've got a question here from Drew Greeson. All right, hashtag AskJBoy. He says, what do you think about UGA coming out as a three-point favorite against Alabama in the SEC game? Good spread? Uh, look, if
6: it's three points, you can give me, George, you can put the rent on that. I'm telling you right
7: now. I, I believe I that's don't what think it came out
4: as. It came out at three? Wait, what is it now? It came so out at three or three, three and a half? Three points.
6: I'm taking Georgia, right? Take Georgia minus Georgia three, right minus now. Take Georgia minus three, right take now. Right now. Six That's six, the six. first line out. Mm. Take it right now, take it hundred percent. Take it right now, Drew. Look me in the eyes. Take it right now, take it right now. Shout out, Fanduel. What else we got, Blaine? Uh, I've got a question here
7: from Mama Sue's uh, Fried Pies. Okay, hashtag Ask Shabu. As an Auburn fan, can you just help me talk? Help talk me off the ledge after that meltdown. And you got to
6: take UGA against the field for sure. Well, let me give you a hint. If Auburn would have made the SEC championship game, Georgia would have slapped them around again. I promise you. There's not a play. There's not you know, unless you can find the elder wand. I don't know how many Harry Potter references I'm going to use today. I don't think Auburn's going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship anyway. But look, there's no excuse for what happened in the second half. There's going to start being some pressure on Derek Mason. He's going to stop, start performing and start adjusting more consistently against offenses that don't just run traditional stuff. Uh, He's got to be better. The offense has to adjust better, obviously, in the second half. Uh, But you score 34 points, you should win the game in my opinion, especially at a place like Auburn. You had them down 28-3. to three. You didn't adjust when they adjust. So look, if you're an Auburn fan, Brian Harson, you expected 8-4, and 7-5, and five, somewhere around there. I thought 8-4 and four would be a hell of a year. You beat LSU in Baton Rouge. You beat Arkansas in Fayetteville. Uh, but at the end of the day, they don't have the horses to be able to sit up there and, and compete with Georgia right now. And we're going to see against Alabama without Bo Nix, without Anders Carlson uh, and a couple other guys that are beat up right now. Uh, it, it doesn't look good. But now there, there's no reason to be jumping off the line. Edge. You, you've got to look at recruiting. Uh, now I'll tell you this, if you look at signing Day and you don't see a bunch of offensive linemen or from the portal, a bunch of offensive linemen, then you can start to get worried in my opinion. Yeah,
7: all right, so a couple of things here we have a question and I put out a poll. who you take to win the Natty, Georgia or the field? Georgia's 70%, the field 30%. Smart, smart.
6: look. The bishop Cubs are smart, 7 out of 10. They, they know what the 7 is. out of 10, they know.
7: Got a question here from Gaia the Monkey. says, hashtag AskJBoy. He says, realistically, do you think that LSU put themselves in a worse spot by firing O before having another head coach lined up?
6: Here's, okay. When I say they have candidates, it doesn't mean that you have another guy lined up. It's that you know guys that are available that will listen. Because very rarely do you do, are you looking for a guy? And the first guy's like, yes, right now we'll do it right now. Send me the contract right now. Week five, we're in week five, sure. Because they're not going to get a guy from Villanova or UMass or an FCS place. They're not going to do that. They have to go get a big time name. And most of the time, big time names are doing well at big time places. So I'm not saying the guy has to be lined up or that he's already about to sign and you've got it pretty much buttoned up. What I'm saying is you have candidates that, you know, will listen and you know that you will have a shot to get so. I don't think LSU, I wasn't a huge fan of O sticking around, but the fact they let him go with all the negativity, at least now the recruiting class knows he's not going to be back, so it gives them time. It's kind of a respect thing to them, and you find out who really wants to be at LSU because of LSU. So I don't think it really screwed LSU over, if we're going to put it that way. It just kind of is what it is, and Ed O kind of forced it. I mean, he kept making unforced errors. I don't know who makes more unforced errors, him or the U.S. men's soccer team. Like, uh, I mean, both of them make a ton, but I think Ed O might win that one. I love
7: watching Ed O on the sidelines now. just doesn't oh, care. Oh, doesn't, doesn't care. care. He doesn't even called himself care. a lame
6: duck coach in the press conference. <laughs> if you watched Ed Orchard on the sideline against Bama, he was just losing his mind, <laughs> breaking headsets. You could tell he wasn't wishing anybody on the staff happy birthday when they were talking, I promise <laughs> no. you that. It started with an M and ended with an F. So I think you can, you know, follow the bouncing balls Disney movie style and figure out what was being said there. All right, we
7: got a question here from Mike in the- them. All right, so hashtag like Boy. He says, what is your take on Sark saying in his presser today that he has done the math and is planning to bring 33 players through the portal? Sounds like he's turning Texas into a rebuild.
6: Well, no, look, Texas was a rebuild. And, again, it goes back to what I talked about yesterday. Texas has a culture problem. Mm-hmm. Texas has a locker room problem. Texas has a leadership problem. And you sometimes you've got to trim the fat. You've got to sometimes, to quote Mike Leach, in his famous pregame speech, you know what? It starts by cutting some guys. It starts by rolling some guys. Gotta, we're going to find out if you want to be here.
7: got to cut the arm off sometimes before you let it spread to the body. That's man. exactly
6: right. I don't blame him. I don't blame him with all the, you know, shenanigans that's been going on. Video recording coaches on the bus?
4: You laughing on the bus after losing to Iowa State? Get out of here. Get away from me. Leaning on that transfer portal is working out for Michigan State Look, this season. The guys that Look know, what they did. The
6: guys that find the right guys at the right spots mm-hmm. and early. Because the, the most fascinating thing to me about the transfer portal is the timeline of the transfer portal. Because just like you want recruits to enroll early, oh, I want to get this high school quarterback and have him enroll early so we can go through spring – You want all these guys from the portal to come in and be able to go through spring. And it's not just to get the playbook down. It's to gel with everybody else. If you're bringing in an offensive tackle, you want to give him time to develop chemistry with the guard that he's next to, with the center that's there, listening to the cadence. There's so much more that goes into it other than just learning the playbook, learning your surroundings, knowing where the restaurants are, knowing where to go, knowing where your classes are. It makes everything easier. And again, the guys, and and typically the rich are going to get richer. And while Texas has struggled, they don't have a problem resource-wise I can promise you that are trying to entice guys, even though it just got harder after Kansas clicked their heels together twice and bounced out of there with uh-huh. a win. So you know uh, he's got to, he's got to. But the transfer portal can be your greatest friend or your biggest enemy, mm-hmm. depending on how you use it. I think Sark is smart enough to be able to use it to his advantage. One more question. Yeah, Let's I think get to coaching carousel. That
7: attractive enough too to get guys of that transfer portal. Oh, right, we got a question here from Nate Kitchens. Ooh, kind of just hit on it with Rusty amazing. Bands. Rusty Manzo says, hashtag Ask J-boy. Is James Cook the best back right now on the University of Georgia football team?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think you can say that. Now, you know, I still think Milton is so talented. Kendall Milton, to me, is so talented. But James Cook is the most complete back. If you look at what he can pass protect, which is huge. Older guy, strong enough to do it. Can anchor down, punch his hands, give Stetson time to throw or time to bail. He's a good runner of the football zone and gap scheme. He's seen both of them. You saw him hit some uh, on zone. You saw him hit some on gap. He can catch the ball. Really good receiver. Hell, last year, Georgia would bring him in and flex him out to go to empty and throw it to him, just like you see a lot in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So do I think he has the highest ceiling of any back that Georgia has? No. I think that's Kendall Milton. Is he the most complete back right now? For sure he is. It's a great question. All right, Cone, let's get to Coach's Carousel here, this new game. Let's Explain to everybody Listen, what's going on.
4: I have a list of programs here which have coaching vacancies. Nice. Okay? I'm going to hit you with them. I want you to respond with who the best coach would be to fill those vacancies. You have not seen this list, correct? Have not seen it. You have not seen this list. I so let's get going with the You're first on one. You're right? detector test, so we'll be able to know. <laughs> All right, we'll see. First one. Washington, The next coach should be who? Oh, man, that's a great
6: question. You know who I would go get if I was Washington? Tell me. I want a guy that, that's fun, a guy that's going to bring a fun offense, a young guy, an up-and-comer, a guy that's coached in multiple offenses, a guy that's coached in offenses that gone fast, guys a guy that has coached in offenses that have gone slow. So I'm going to get Kendall Bryles. Kendall? I'm going to get Kendall Bryles. And it may be a year early. I said earlier in the year, I think Kendall's a year away. But if you're Washington, you need to make a splash here. And I think you got to take a chance a little bit. Jimmy Lake didn't work out. Give me Kendall Bryles, the OC at Arkansas, to go to Washington, have a lot of fun as a young guy, be a great recruiter as a young guy, get a bunch of young guys around him on the staff, and a couple older guys. You want a good blend. But give me Kendall Bryles at Washington. I I just like the fit. It ain't going to be Nick Rolovich. I promise you that.
4: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Well... Very nice segue. I
7: like
6: that. Let's wow. go Washington State, sir. It's amazing how that happens. Did you leak,
4: did you leak no, any he info did, here? No, I know never. Did you You'll never get it. Scout's Honor. You'll never get Scott's it. Out.
6: Honor. Never get Scout's it out. Honor. Out of honor. No idea. Nice segue. Washington State. Man, if I'm Washington State, I would make a run. You know, a Jamie Chadwell to me is so interesting. Hmm. At Coastal Mm. Carolina I know he's built up a lot of equity I know he's not a West Coast guy But I don't believe in that I don't believe in Oh well You know you're a 100% West Coast guy USC is a little bit different With the flavor out there But at a place like Washington State I mean Mike Leach You know You can have any sort of character there Man Even mullets
4: even, even, mullets. Mullets. Oh, will even allow, mullets.
6: Will they to allow mullets the mullets travel? Will no, they oh, allow for sure. the mullet? Give, me, right give me Jamie Chadwell. I, mean, I don't think he'd be a bad <laughs> idea at Washington either, but give me Jamie Chadwell to go to Washington State, or I'll throw another one. Sonny Dykes. Sonny Dykes. I think Sonny Dykes would have oh, success at Washington State. Well, Jay Norvell i don't think jay Norvell's about you look at tony elliott too mm. but let's go jamie travel let's have some fun with it taking Ugh. the mullet the mullet this traveling. guy said
4: mullets travel mullet travels. it's like defense it travels all right virginia tech hugh freeze he's right down the street i love it get on your bicycle pedal it.
6: down there and ask the man yeah. now there has been some rumblings that miami's a little bit interested in hugh freeze and if that happens if that happens, I want to. I don't want to jump the shark, but buddy, uh,
7: like you know how much I would pay to see Hugh Freeze coming out to Sandman. Oh, at
6: Virginia Tech. <sighs> oh. dun, 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 he'd dun, have dun, on the dun, Oakleys. No. Just oh, the Oakleys he'd be going nuts. Oh my! He'd God. be going nuts. And look, you say Virginia Tech and Beamer ball, and it's like the good old fashioned, you know, come home and and your white picket fence, and we don't ever cause it. Go get Hugh Freeze. Y'all want to win? Y'all want to win? How bad do y'all want to win? Y'all, y'all got tired of Justin Fuente? Go get Hugh Freeze. Get on your bicycle, but pedal down the street, and go ask him to come up there. That'd be a great fit. I love that fit.
4: Yeah. Hugh Freeze, why not? He's going to jump to a program like that soon. Oh, somebody's oh, going to yeah. get him. Yeah. Somebody's going to get him. I can, him see, him outside the I can SEC. see him as a Hokie. Like that? <sighs> All right. Texas Christian. Mm.
6: TCU. Man, like Sonny Dykes to me is a great fit here too. Okay, to be honest with you, you know I was almost going to say Gary Patterson for Virginia Tech too. Oh, what yeah. about what
7: about what about Prime?
6: I don't think. Look, a lot of people are hating on Dion being like a power five coach. I think in the NIL era, yeah. in the social media era, I mean Lane Kiffin's out there, you know, putting it all on the line on social media. Dion could do the same thing. And he's won at Jackson State. Now, I know there's a big difference in between Jackson State and going the Power 5, but it's not like Dion doesn't know football. Now, is, is he going to be a guy that goes in there and out-schemes Lincoln Riley? No, but he can put his staff together. We know he can recruit. That would just be a very interesting fit at TCU. But, no, it's it's not a bad call. You know, I wonder if Dan Mullen got fired and he did stay in college. Would TCU give Dan Mullen
4: a shot, as crazy as that sounds? You know, you talk about Kendall Bryles. I think he is from Texas, right? He is. So would be another good one. So, would you think that Texas one. Christian would be I a better that would. fit? Well, I, I,
6: well, when Texas when the Texas Tech job came open, we talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the the beginning of when we talked about is Kendall Bryles ready? Is it going to take another year? Uh, but to me, TCU is as well. You know, I'm going to stick on the Arkansas staff. Why not Barry Odom? Mm-hmm. Guy coached in Missouri, understands the lay of the land out there in the Midwest, has had success turning that Arkansas program around with limited personnel. He's been a head coach before, like I said, in the Power 5, and you learn from the mistakes that you made if you didn't do a great job at one place and get fired. So Barry Odom as well, but, I mean, we still got Bill O'Brien out there. What about Pete That's Golding? What, yeah. And I know people are going to be like, what? Pete Golding? Because for some reason, everybody hates Pete Golding, even though his defenses play a lot better than anybody thinks, and Alabama does is really win across the board. And, uh, look, I think Pete Golding's about ready to get his ass out of Tuscaloosa. I think he's about tired of listening hmm. to it, to be honest with you. Because you can give up 20 points a game, and Alabama fans are like, it's disgusting.
7: Ew, unacceptable.
6: Unacceptable. You didn't shut him out. Kid, so, I mean, look, I, I think there's decent. I know some of them. No,
7: that's real. No, that's real. That's life. a real thing. My yeah. girlfriend does it. Yeah, that's real life.
6: <laughs> they give up one play. She wants to fire the whole staff. Yeah, my three exes do it. <laughs> yeah, she she went hiding. We talked about this. She went and hit up in my room and Alabama was playing bad against A&M. And you know what she looked at me and said? I didn't tell this the first time. How about you the second quarter? She looked at me and said, promise me Alabama's going to win. <laughs> I was like, well, do you want me to look at you and lie to you? Like, like with you knowing, or how do you want this to go down? But no, I think there's some options out there for TCU, but I love the Kendall Browse call here.
4: Yeah, I do. All right. Not officially available. Ooh. Let's get ahead head start here. Florida.
6: When I think of Florida, I think of one thing. Offense.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm. Spurrier. Of Spurrier.
6: Yep. Urban Meyer. Tebow. Mm-hmm. The crew they had, Percy Harvin. You think about. You know, even Dan Mullen, who offensively offense isn't the problem really, hadn't been the problem. If Lane Kiffin doesn't go to LSU, how is Lane Kiffin not the perfect fit at Florida? I think Florida's a better fit. Somebody explain to me, to me yeah. how Florida really isn't a better fit than LSU is yes, for Lane mm, Kiffin. I think yeah. so. I feel like it's a better. But yeah, I feel, I what so. about? Have you ever looked in your your crystal ball? At Florida? Ooh, at Mario, who's also from the state of Florida, from Miami, mm, I believe. Mm. And that, that and listen, I'll say this about the Miami job. They just got a new AD, and that is basically a death sentence for Manny Diaz's job. There's a couple things you don't want to happen when you're on the hot seat. A new AD to come in there. Because you know what? A- you know who ADs want to bring in? Their guys. Mm-hmm. They don't want to sit there and be judged on your guy, especially when he's, when he's struggling. And you just lost to FSU? But Mario Cristobal coming back to Florida, because, again, I'll say it, that's Alabama's guy after Saban. That's who they want unless somebody poaches them. And Mike Scarborough yesterday talked about, is he kind of the sneaky candidate for Scott Woodward that nobody's talking about? Mario Cristobal flirted with Auburn last year. That Florida job comes up. He would wreck the state of Florida recruiting. Oh, Mario would be fantastic. He would absolutely. And he's Cuban descent. It's just a great fit to me for Mario Cristobal Florida. I I know Mario Cristobal played at Miami. Mario Cristobal to me is a better fit at Florida Mm. than he is at Miami. So, but, but Lane Kiffin to me, man. And then fun. Jeff Levy would get that job. I'm telling you, Jeff Levy would get the Ole Miss job. Flynn Kippen left. All right, two more here. LSU. The next – Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Look, I mean, again, you know, and, and we talked about it a ton yesterday, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you look at Lincoln Riley. I, look, people saying Brian Kelly, I don't believe you. I don't believe Brian Kelly would leave Notre Dame. Why? You don't have to play in a conference championship game. And look, I want to say this, too. I got Notre Dame Twitter all fired up yesterday because I said Notre Dame not playing a conference championship is a joke, in my opinion. People are like, oh, well, if we played in a conference, our strength of schedule is going to go down. Y'all played two ranked teams. Two ranked teams. You're like, oh, well, we got the 14th rated strength of schedule. Well, you know, when I watch you guys play and you look at the teams y'all played, I don't believe you played the 14th hardest schedule. And now you don't have to play a conference championship game. But you know who it hurts the most, in my opinion? Notre Dame. Because now you lose one. Look at this year. Mm -hmm. You're having to fight your way through it. A lot of stuff's got to go a certain way. And then the 12-team playoff, they say, we're not joining the conference, so we're not going to get a bye. It's a definition of privilege, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. But, look, LSU to me, Lincoln Riley. I know Mario Cristobal's hanging out in the wings there. But I just wonder what that Florida movement – because, look – if Scott Strickland knows that Mario Cristobal would take the job, Dan Mullen be fired tomorrow. They'd fire him on that, like tomorrow while he's walking out to practice or whatever he's doing, buying his next costume. I don't know. Last one, Southern Cal. This one's easy. Me? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, James Franklin. I-, I think James Franklin is it would be a really good fit out there, and it's crazy because James Franklin is was born in Pennsylvania. He's a Pennsylvania kid mm-hmm. at Penn State, which, you know, last time I checked, is the biggest coach uh, college job in the state of Pennsylvania. But I think James Franklin going out there, running his system, he brings some cachet. He's a fun guy. He's not afraid to think outside of the box. I think he'd fit in well out there in L.A. I think they could get behind him. I think James Franklin is the guy that should be the next head coach at USC. And I know they've struggled a little bit, but if you're USC, price may go down. Mm. You may get a little more bang for your buck.
4: I think one of the most interesting things, names that you didn't uh, use to fill in for these vacancies is bill o'brien i mean so i don't think he's going to go back to the nfl he's not going to remain saban's assistant right here is here's where i met with bill o'brien i don't know how
6: sexy of a name bill o'brien is right now if you ask people at lsu they don't want bill o'brien if you ask people at florida i don't think they want Bill O'Brien. now virginia tech that may be a different story. That that could be one I could really understand. But Hugh Freeze is right down the street. USC for Bill O'Brien. While I don't think his personality is exactly a great fit out there, that wouldn't shock me because they they want to hire. They love hiring guys that were in the NFL. They love hiring that because we all know how big the NFL is in California. But, look, I don't expect Bill O'Brien t- to be at Alabama next year. His name carries too much weight. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I, that, the biggest question for me, you're right, Cone, does he go back to the NFL? Well
7: This is one name I found no one mentioned. What about Dave Aranda? Man, yeah. uh, well, let me ask you this. If Clinton, I mean, if Lincoln leaves. That's what I was going to ask. Oklahoma, That's what I was going to ask next right, right there. What would be a better fit yeah. than Dave So Arana? if he leaves, yeah. goes to
4: LSU. I, I don't think you're off base. Who takes that job?
6: I think Dave Aranda, well, they just beat him. Yeah. You just beat him at Baylor. I mean, they're ranked higher than they are now. You know, I think Dave Aranda is the guy that wants to be in the SEC. But, you know, look at Dave Aranda, you look at Washington, too. I don't think it's far-fetched to think Dave Aranda would be in it for the Washington job. And you say, "Oh well, is that a lateral uh, move? Is that
4: though?
7: I don't think so. Really, well, I, I don't USC. think
6: from Baylor. I, from Baylor, I don't think Baylor to Washington's a lateral mm-hmm. move. Uh, I think Washington, especially with the way the Pac-12 is right now, who do you got to worry about? Oregon, th- that's about it. USC's rebuilding. Texas, those Texas recruiting, recruiting rounds. rounds though, though, man. And Texas
7: are leaving too. So who realistically Texas worry recruiting about that.
6: grounds. Well, th- again, again, to me." If I'm Dave Aranda, because we have to understand, okay, you can sit here and say, well, Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12. we got a better chance of this, that, and the other. But some of these guys got big egos. And while Dave Aranda's not super outspoken, while he's not a guy that's out there being super flashy, you got to have an ego, a pretty big one, to be able to coach and succeed at this level. You just do. Now, there's levels to it, to quote Meek Mills. But, again, it's fun to play the name where you plug in all these jobs. Mm -hmm. But I don't think saying Dave Aranda going from Baylor to Washington is a crazy thought at all or a lateral move. I just I don't believe it. I, I don't. You know, you can win Look, you can win big at Washington. For sure, you can. I mean, I, I coached in Montana. Recruited the state of Washington. There. there are spots in Washington that have some really good high school football. I feel like Aranda would be a great fit at USC. No, I think Aranda would be a good fit. But again, but again, to me, it's all about what USC really wants. Does USC want that pop flash name, or does USC want the father figure? It's just it's hard for me to believe that USC wants the father figure. I just don't think that plays in LA. I just don't think it does. Well, well, I might not play, but
4: I think what that's they what want they need and what they need is yeah. exactly. so, well, Two again, different things. That's exactly
7: right. Are they getting what they want? <laughs> I, I for or are they sure feel like USC is a step up from Baylor. Yeah, uh, I, I uh, yeah step up for, for Washington, sure. right? Oh, well, sure. yeah,
6: yeah. Because again, USC is more of a brand name. What's the booster club think before we get to Jordan Battle?
7: Um, let me get in here. Let me get in here. Dive in. Um, DJ Barber with a question, hashtag AskJBoy. He said, didn't get this one in the time yesterday, so he came back today to ask it love it, DJ. D- um, yeah. If TJ comes in, and with TJ Finley, I'm guessing from Auburn, and catches lightning in a bottle and beats South Carolina and Bama, does that have an impact on Bo's future in an Auburn uniform?
6: Well, if you're having to catch lightning in the bottle to beat South Carolina, then there's a whole hell of a lot of trouble. I think they, sh- they should beat South Carolina. they got better personnel, but South Carolina's got a lot of momentum. Auburn's kind of scrambling after they absolutely you know, fell off the cliff against Mississippi State in the second half. Uh, But, you know, against Bama, if he catches lightning in the bottle and beats Bama, well, then you've got a conversation. Like, people are really going to start talking. But what I find interesting is all the people that have hated on Bo Nix and talked about how great T.J. Finley is, you're on the clock. We're going to see what you know. And I'm not talking about against South Carolina. We're going to see against Alabama. That's when we're going to find out. So everybody out there that's been talking about how Bo Nix is the only problem, we're going to see. We're going to see how smart you are.
7: Yeah, I hope you watch the Georgia State game because it's not like he looked phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and he came no, it and he wasn't like served. they were just
6: moving the ball up and down the field when T.J. Finley came mm-hmm. in. So, again, so you better be careful what you wish for sometimes. Now he may go out yeah. there and ball and prove me wrong and everybody else wrong, not that I think he's, he's a bad player, no. but I think sometimes people really don't realize – how good Bo Nix is and how bad the personnel is around him outside of Tank and a couple other guys. It's yeah. just the truth. That
7: grass isn't always greener on no. the other side. No. We got and a question here from Grant Brown. All right. Hashtag Ask J-Boy. Do you see Dan Landing going anywhere at the end
6: of this year? Man, that's a very interesting name. It's about time Dan got one. Now I'll give you one better. What about Mike Elko from A&M? The D.C. It's about time he's got one. So now I would not be shocked if Dan Lanning went somewhere. I think Dan Lanning may be one of the most underrated hires that there could be. He doesn't really get talked about a ton. Mike Elko really doesn't get talked about a ton. Maybe it's because you never hear him, really. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, They're not coming out and saying this, but look, I know for a fact, the players at Georgia love Dan Manning. Or uh, Dan Lanning. They love playing for Dan Lanning. And it's such a great chemistry between him and Kirby. And I think it takes a little bit of pressure off of Kirby on that defensive side of the ball. But, no, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I wouldn't be shocked if Dan's name popped up. You know, if Jeff Trailer took a job and, and Dan or Pete Golding or somebody went to UTSA. Look, if Jeff Trailer leaves, watch out for Pete Golding going to UTSA. Remember, mm. he, he's he been there before. He knows the lay of the land p golding's a really good recruiter that would not shock me if that happened honestly all right let's get to jordan battle speaking of alabama always love getting jordan here and the biggest question we all know that everybody's been asking does jameson uh, williams get his dance moves from jordan battle we're about to find out right now all right everybody as usual every week bringing in standout alabama safety extraordinaire jordan battle jb it's always great to talk to you my friend how are you doing this week
3: Pretty
6: good, man. Always a pleasure. For sure. Coming off, you know, you handled business last week against New Mexico State. You know, I want to ask you, join, because we always hear, you know, face opponent you know, part of the process, this, that, and the other. And I know you guys are, are immersed in it over there. That's a way of life. It's a mindset and a lifestyle over there. But really, how tell our audience, how hard is it to not look ahead, like just human nature, just not to look ahead and say, well, you know, we got this game the next week, and maybe this team isn't typically, you know, the team we play uh, in the SEC. Uh, how how does that go? Because you guys seem to have, have mastered that ability. I know it's a big deal with Coach Saban.
3: Yeah, man, it's really about um, you know us coming together and doing everything mm-hmm. we can we can do to get better um, as a team. Um, we don't really look at the opponent because at the end of the day, it's it's on us uh, on how we on how we come out and play. It's not on the other team. Uh, we have to dictate the you know the the standard. You know, come out play to the standard every game, uh, and we have to you know learn to set the tone before mm-hmm. the game even starts.
6: For sure. And, and you know, Jordan, y'all got a big one this weekend. Arkansas coming into town. We know how physical Arkansas is up front, the type of ball they want to play. K.J. Jefferson, not a little guy at quarterback, can run too, breaks t- – it makes a living off breaking tackles when he's running. What do you see from this Arkansas offense?
3: Uh, this Arkansas offense is uh, much in- much improved. Uh, you see the weapons on offense uh, from their quarterback to their running back, all the way to their receivers. Um, they have they have tremendous speed at the receivers at receivers. Uh they have uh scat backs, they have power backs and we know uh KJ Jefferson is very versatile, so uh, we have to, you know, focus on containing the quarterback and uh staying staying in our coverage when he breaks the yeah, pocket, yeah. of course.
6: Yeah, uh, of course. And he's a guy that can extend plays. And, and Jordan, I want to talk about something. We we talk about the scramble drill a lot on the show. You know, we practice coverages, quarters, rip-liz, match, all the stuff you guys are doing, two-man on third and passing. I've watched a little bit, Jordan. I got a little bit of a scouting report on you guys and what y'all are running back there. But you know when when you're you're back in the in the back end and and you're getting these different looks each week how much progression during the scramble drill when the play kind of kind of breaks down and you've got to just stick to a receiver is that the most worrisome time when an offense when a guy can extend the play that's something you got to practice right
3: yeah for sure uh maintaining depth in the defense is is the main part especially at Mm -hmm. safety and um Learning learning when somebody is in your zone, it, it turns into man. You have to lock on to that man because they can Preach. turn up field at any time
6: preach it's zone until it's man it's zone until it's man and that's how it will always Mm -hmm. be unless you're a cover two corner really and then it can get a little weird but that's kind of the anomaly here nor there you know leverage the flat (laughs) slow play it don't get greedy but to jordan you know something i I watch a lot of people run and y'all may call it something different y'all may call it the same high low op when you're getting that dig and then that post behind it how hard is it i used to tell my safeties all the time don't jump the dig don't jump the dig because they're trying to cook you uh with the post how hard is it not to jump to dig, Jordan, because it's the quarterbacks almost look in the same direction, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, we call it a crease route. Uh, there it is, there, there is, it is, there it is. Yeah, it just gets you, you, get the safety to bite down when when he should stay high. So so the main thing is just you know staying high and breaking on the ball to, to stop to keep everything in front of you mm-hmm. and stop the uh, big plays. But so you rather give up the dig any day than the post or or deep Man, ball. Man,
6: preach. You're on one today, man. Preach. And what's the what's the vibe, Jordan, in the locker room right now? You know, you guys have been on a roll. You win that defensive battle against LSU. Defense really stepped up. We talked about that last week. But what's kind of the vibe with the team right now? Cuz y'all got a lot of positive mo.
3: Yeah, uh, we just we just have I think we're we're, we're getting a uh, high energy. We're sustaining high energy right now. Um everybody is buying in to to the process now. Uh, we're just all focused. Uh, we're all focused on that, that that main goal, that task that I talked about earlier with you on the show. Um, but yeah, we're. I think everybody is realizing uh, what it takes to be to be champions, and we have to just keep that that same mindset for the rest of the season.
6: Yeah, and, and me and Bryce were talking a little bit about this last night on the Bryce Young podcast. My last question for you, Jordan. Does, did, is there any inspiration that you guys have given J-Mo for his end zone celebrations? Bryce said he's like that at practice too, though, when he scores. He's exactly like that because he's very creative and he doesn't cross the line. See, that to me, I can respect that. It's like an artistry <laughs> where you can celebrate and not get the penalty, but you get a little bit of flavor, a little bit of sauce in there. Is there any inspiration from you or somebody else or is that all J-Mo?
3: I think I think most of it is Jamo, but I think he get a little inspiration from me because uh, oh I like I'm okay okay <laughs> I feel like I'm the best dancer on the team, so uh, I, think, I, I think I give him a little a little bit of you know a little bit of sauce a little bit of juice you know to go out there and do it. But I, I feel like he has some good celebrations. But I feel like if I score uh, just the amount of just uh, just as many as the amount of touchdowns he scored, um, my celebration would be ten times better.
6: You know, Jordan, I've seen you score a touchdown. It was pretty creative what you got into, and I'd love to see you get in your bag a little bit further in the end zone. And, guys, breaking news, Jordan Battle is the best dancer on Alabama's football team. Everybody – and I'm sure everybody in the locker room would agree with you, Jordan. I'm sure there's not one person in that locker room that would disagree that you're the best dancer. Would I be guessing right there?
3: Yeah, you're guessing right (laughs) there.
6: All right, Jordan. Well, well, man, I appreciate it. Good luck against Arkansas this week. Uh, I know our audience always loves when you stop by, not just Alabama fans either, my friend. Stay healthy and stay happy, man. Great talking to you.
3: All right, great talking to you as well, my man.
6: Jordan always coming through. All right, he said it any doubt i'm gonna ask bryce about it uh my our, our conversation with bryce young bryce young podcast dropping at 4:30 30 eastern today, today yep. as well everybody check that out on the value uh, volume some good stuff there uh as well we always appreciate jordan now probably my favorite thing and i don't want to pick favorite just like you know picking favorite kids like i love all the segments that we have but this is probably my favorite kid This is the one I'm expecting the most out of. Our top uh, 12 team playoff reveal. The committee's going to reveal it tonight. We all know what it's going to look like. You're going to have Georgia one, Bama two, Oregon three, Ohio State four. Oh yeah, not UTSA. (laughs) Not UTSA. I'm not. I'm not young enough to do that. Soon understood there. All right. So here we go. Let's go our top. Let's go our top 12 uh, playoff reveal here. After it. Loving these matchups as usual. All right, let's start on the left side. Ole Miss and Baylor, and this one would be absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. But Ole Miss defense stepping up. Feel like they could shut down or Huge. corral Baylor's defense a little bit more than Baylor could corral theirs. I like Ole Miss by a touchdown, maybe a little bit more versus Baylor here. What do you guys think? I got him by 10. I, just,
7: I don't believe in Baylor's quarterback. Yeah. I just don't, you know, running ability is good, but his 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 pack pass actually down the field is not good. No, so, it hasn't been good. And you, know, you, go, you go and get mad Matty Wow. and Levy and Kiffin with a couple weeks. Yeah. Good luck, bud. Yeah, Ugh.
6: enjoy that. It's like like a, like a rat trying to find the cheese in a maze, trying to figure that thing <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, but all right, so we got Ole Miss advancing. If you look down, Michigan State versus Notre Dame. I like Michigan State. Think this game would be close. I actually think, y'all know me, I'm not super high on Notre Dame, but I think this game would be close. The difference is one team has Kenneth Walker. The other one doesn't. Give me Michigan State Sparty by a field goal. Mm. And to quote a guy we've seen on TV a couple times, closer than than the the
7: experts experts think.
4: think. Give me Kenneth Walker. I mean Michigan State in this. I think think they'd
7: win. Yeah, Michigan State by 50. By, by yeah. 50. Brian's not
4: sold on Notre Dame either. There is an
6: agenda not, over there. Yeah, I can we'll feel see, it. And then that would lead us to a matchup that we're getting this weekend. Yes, we are. Michigan State versus Ohio State. We're getting that Ohio one. State, as Cohn likes to call them, Ohio, the boys mm. from Ohio. Yeah, we'll All right. see. Yeah, we'll see. So let's move over to the other side. We got Bama as the two seed. Oregon as the three. But we got a matchup that we're going to see in a couple we're weeks. We're going to see it
4: in two weeks. Oklahoma
6: State and Oklahoma. I feel like Oklahoma State would win the regular season game.
4: hmm I feel like this but. one
6: goes in to three overtimes.
4: And Oklahoma State still wins by a field so goal. So is this – are we saying that this would be after they've already played in the regular season? All hypothetical. Season?
6: I say they played in the regular season. Mm. Let's say Oklahoma State won. It was at home. They played really good. Caleb Williams didn't play great. Spencer Rother tried to come in and save the day but figured out he's not wearing a cape so it's not going to work out. Give me Oklahoma State. I think they're the better team advancing over Oklahoma. Mm. I just That's what I believe right now. That's my story uh. and I'm sticking to it. Now, could Caleb Williams go stupid? I don't know. My, but Mike Gundy, he's 40. He's a man. Right. Yes they're playing man. against a guy that's forty, you know, and that he's a man. Oklahoma
7: going through coaching changes. Mm. You know what kind of team are they? Oh, we're <laughs> yeah. not there yet. Yeah, I no, love, we're it. Not there. I love
6: yeah. it. Oklahoma State's more of a complete team in my opinion. I think they are too. I think they're playing better complementary
4: football right now. I'll go State. What do you? What do you, Cone? I feel like you're <sighs> you're a little bit. Give me the the team who has a a man for a head coach. Okay, you know, he's a man. All right, all right. Yeah, my He's a man. He told us. Cowboys. If you want to say
6: something about him. If you want to say something about Oklahoma State? You say it about Mike Gundy. You want to know why? Because
4: he's forty and he's a You know why? Honestly, because mullets travel. They travel. They travel. They travel. Hey,
7: yeah, put it. Let's go. Yeah. Get it on <laughs> a shirt. Mullets travel. Mullets travel. Get it on a shirt. That is copyrighted
4: by the But I think it by would be J-boy tricky, show, man. For- Lincoln Riley figure out a way to keep it close. You give Lincoln
6: time, too. But we'll
4: get this one in two weeks, oh, so that'll yes. be fun. Well,
6: we're going to get Michigan State, Ohio State, that we have set up here mm-hmm. this week, and then this one coming down the pipe two weeks. And then we got Michigan for Cincinnati. Give me Michigan by at least 10 to, to 13 if they play bad. I just don't believe in Cincinnati. I just, look, I think they're going to lose to SMU this weekend, but i got to put them in here. Ugh, give me Michigan. They advance. Yeah, give me – I think Cade McNamara goes bon- bonkers in you this game. You think so? I know the two corners from Cincinnati are really good. I know Michigan's not exactly stacked at the wide receiver position, but I don't believe in Cincinnati, and I won't believe in Cincinnati because it's a cool story, but they're not an elite team. <laughs> give me Michigan. Give me the big blue, the fighting David Cones, the Coneheads, to win this one by at least
4: – at least – You differ
6: over there? 10 to 14. know. I know. <laughs> Pick Cincinnati, <laughs> I dare you. I wanted, to, I wanted to
7: just to low key kind of piss you off, but you know Harbaugh coming off a huge win versus Penn State on the road probably should extend his contract. Let's don't blow no, it out up. They should give him the money let's back. Let's don't blow it true. out. All right, okay, let's move bad. on. All right, we
4: got. Them. <laughs> Kevin, where are you, going? you oh, oh, go? Oh, I got. It. Yeah, they advance. Okay, Michigan advances. <laughs> I might even have a little. Surprise in the next wow. round too. But first, wow. okay. but first, okay. we just wow. call them like we see them, right. and this is how you know that we you don't. Know what? This is dude. I'm gonna well, let
6: you pick the Michigan Oregon game first. Okay, when we okay. get to, it. I'm we get let to you it, do that. And That's this is how you know that we you.
4: don't, because the TV executives would never allow Oklahoma State and Oklahoma to no. play in the first round. This is how you know we just look. This is the top twelve this we had. This is how they would fill well, in. What's that
6: show on ABC? This is us. This is us. <laughs> this <laughs> is us. Crazy Mandy Moore in the gang. What's up? This it's led us to this.
4: Rebels Bulldogs. To remember. Rebels Bulldogs. Dogs. Seed, eight seed. Who you got?
6: <sighs> Give me Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. I just look, they wouldn't be able to run the ball against Georgia, and they don't have enough weapons outside. Now, if they had Braylon Sanders, you know, 100% healthy, I know he's back playing and everything, mixed with the Jonathan Mingo, mixed with Elijah Moore, with the Kenny Yeboah, uh, with uh, Casey Miller, I think, a tight end, then you could see them and Lane Kiffin witchcraft and wizardrying their way down the field. I'm using that as a verb now. I don't know if that that's, you know, I think we can go ahead and put that's that as a loud. thesaurus. Uh, I do think they'd be able to find a way to score some against Georgia, but it's just not enough. And Georgia's the most complete team. They've got elite personnel. I know Ole Miss did a really good job of, of slowing A&M down in the run game. You saw it start to bleed a little bit in the second half with A-Chain. But look, I like Georgia. I think they're the most dominant team. I think this is where the Cinderella story ends this year. Great, great career for Matt Corral, but you're losing to the dogs.
4: Would Kiffin and Corral be able to do a better job of what Tennessee was doing early and keep this close?
6: I think it would be closer than what the Tennessee game was because Ole Miss would have time to get healthy. You'd have some time off, and they could get time to healthy. you get more more time to get healthy, more time to game plan. I don't know how big of a difference it would be just because, again, Georgia over time equals win. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just what they do. They just lean on you. So give me Georgia right. advancing to the final four of college football.
4: Man, 5-4, Ohio-Michigan State. Do y'all agree, though? Y'all agree with Georgia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we can yeah. all right, have, you seen, have you seen a picture of Jordan Davis?
6: Yeah. yeah. I'm well, taking you know, Georgia. Do you think what? he could
4: cover you in a route if you ran a Jordan? route against it? Yeah. I mean, he'd press wait, you. You can not get Jordan? around him.
6: Jordan Davis. No, uh, I'm talking about where are you going to go. Like, if you went to press, you want to go gonna run around first. him. first. You're going to run around I'm gonna him? I'm going to go five yards sideways, and then I'm going to hit the wheel. You will hit the side of this building quicker uh, than trying of all, to I'm run around I'm Off Jordan the ball. Davis.
7: Off the ball. Not on. Oh, you're
6: playing slot. Or you're, in the, playing, slot? you're playing, in the slot? You're in the slot.
7: I'm in the slot, right? You want me to let Jordan get his huge hands he'd rip me apart i know that's why I'm you're in not the slot. a slot though i can be in the slot you're a z man assume
6: my position you i am it's 2021 you
7: can't We're assume my positional position. politics
4: right now
6: <laughs> oh that's exactly right all right but no, yeah uh give me george so we got michigan state ohio state here is my problem if ohio state is cooking on offense i don't think michigan state can run with them i don't think they can run with them in a shootout And if C.J. Stroud's playing well, and look, I know Mel Tucker's done a good job with that defense. I just don't know if it turns into a shootout or or if Ohio State scores more than 28, if Michigan State can run with them. You saw how Michigan started creating distance. Then it's just not a fluke, but a lot of things had to go Michigan State's way. I don't think that would happen against Ohio State. I think it'd be a very physical game. I think it'd be close early, but I think Ohio State kicks a field goal late to make it a 10-point game and win by... Either 10, uh, or Michigan State would go down and kick a field goal to make it a one-score game. They don't get the onside kick. Give me Ohio State. Yeah.
4: Ohio is the gravity of the Big Ten. Yeah, they are. They really are. It's a great
7: way they to just put it. A, they I have a way of doing this. I feel like the this. difference in this game is Ohio State's receiver room is elite. Yeah, they they, they, they got elite. cats that can yeah. run and they just elite.
4: Man, they, have a, they, they do this. I've seen this movie before. Uh, even though I'd like to think, even at the horseshoe, that Michigan State could figure out well, a way Oregon to keep it went up closer at 18 and a half. Yeah, man. no, no. That's a lot of Oregon points, went up man. there
6: and beat it, but Rusty made a good point. And we talk about this a little bit on the mm-hmm. show. Teams change.
4: End of the season teams matters evolved. more. It's yep. a
6: lot different. That team now is a lot different than the one Oregon went and played early in the season because that same team struggled a little bit with Toledo, right, or, or Tulsa. I'm losing my mind here a little bit. Mm-hmm. One of them. I know Tulsa gave Oklahoma State a good game. Ohio State struggled with somebody they shouldn't have struggled with. It's kind of escaping me me. I right think
4: Brando – didn't Brando say he had that game when he came on? It was Tulsa?
6: Yeah, I think it was Tulsa. It was Tulsa, Tulsa, it was Tulsa like or that. Toledo. I can't remember 100%. All right, so give me Ohio State. We'll go to the other side of the bracket. We're going to speed up a little bit here. We've got Bama versus Oklahoma State state give me bama too many weapons nick saban with enough time will get both sides of the ball right i think will anderson has a big game i think alabama Cruz is here i Roll don't think they have a problem with oklahoma tad. state give me bama bryce
7: in the young final four. bryce young bryce young baby only getting better yeah you, you agree there coney yep
6: all right now hey you do the honors
7: all right Michigan grad. Look, man i you was Michigan looking at Oregon. this one
4: man and i'm not you know i'm not going to pick michigan on this show just to be a homer but i'm not going to pick against them just to do that either i think man the way that the way that i've been seeing it i think michigan could win this game on a neutral site and for for the biggest reason which is they're not playing michigan state or ohio state which is what (laughs) gives them the most problems all right so uh look i think like we were just talking about it matters it matters more towards the end of the season to be better i don't think oregon is playing as good as they were early in the season i think michigan could have a shot to win this game
6: I'm 100% with you. Really? I got Michigan beating Oregon. No wow. Verdell. No Verdell. I think Michigan figures out a way. I think Harbaugh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, figures out a way to win a big game late in the season, and I think they get by Oregon. I really do. What do you think? No, man? I agree. I agree. Really? Wow. I feel like wow. Michigan.
4: we like Michigan, have to go back and change I my. I What? like much. Michigan. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, What? What we about teams, What? about teams
7: it try up. to do? Run the ball, yeah, and well, uh, and, and I and I feel like Michigan up front on both sides is the better, especially that front uh, that seven on defense, front seven on defense is elite. Y'all have two Eight players and plus uh, yep. and the and the backer, look, and, and the uh, you have another end who's really good to – and a corner who's yeah. good. So you know, I I feel like I feel like Oregon, y'all have more. Weapons and the the same weapons that y'all have as Oregon, y'all have better weapons.
6: Yeah, Yeah. I think look, I think it'd be a close game. More polished. I think it'd be a really close game, but give me Michigan advancing. So we got Bama, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Wow, how about that? Two SEC and and two Big Ten there. Which when you look around the country, what are the two best conferences in the country? SEC and the Big Ten. I mean, who can yeah, make an argument? This is not surprising. No, I this, this I think every week shocking. we've had
4: Georgia and Alabama in the championship. And I think,
6: know? yeah, I think Georgia gives C.J. Stroud hell. Mm-hmm. I think they're able to get after the passer. I, I still don't 100% believe in Ohio State's offensive line, especially against the creatures that Georgia has coming from the depths to rush the passer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, give me Georgia over Ohio State. I think they kind of lead I think this game would end up somewhere around – 34 to 20. I think it's it's a score like mm. that. Georgia may attack on one late. Uh, I think Georgia would be able to run the ball against Ohio State. So give me Georgia making it to the natty. What do you guys say?
4: I say the same thing, but I think Ohio State maybe could even – it'll be interesting to see if they could put up a better fight on offense than even Alabama could. You know, I wonder just what the weapons that they have at wide receiver. I know that C.J. Stroud is still young, but so is Bryce Young. We've been seeing him get hit a lot right mm-hmm. up the middle with, you know, mm-hmm. center pressure. So, I don't know. Either way, though, I just, you know, it's Georgia's yeah. just too good,
7: man. I-, I would take Georgia in this case because – Ohio State does have an elite receiver room, but
4: it's hard to get that ball to the receivers when you have pressure in your face. Sure. Yeah, That's why I think that uh, the old Miss offense would be the most interesting against Georgia. Because they get Georgia, it out. Because they get it out so yeah. quick. And you saw that Tennessee was trying to do it, and it was working early. You can't sit back there, take five-step drops, and hitch up. You don't have the time. Yeah. You're not you know, running, you running into to double get, moves At least out Matt there. Corral can get the ball out of his hands yeah. so quickly. I, I would rather see that offense against Georgia I, than I any of these other ones. I, I
6: could not agree with you more. Um, I could not right. agree with you more. So other other side, I think we got Alabama right. Alabama and Michigan Cone you're on the clock again All right roll tide What happens in your house if this happens Well we
4: did Darby Lou and I went to uh, Alabama Michigan game bowl game, game, uh, bowl game yeah, in bowl game. Uh, in Orlando really? last year How yeah. did that go Michigan was up at halftime I won't I won't talk about the second half <laughs> yeah. I was to say. Usually, there's like two halves. In it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, I, I
6: would take Bama in this game. Yep. Uh, I would take Bama. I think they just outscore Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think the defense shuts down Michigan enough. Mm-hmm. And McNamara, I know he's put it together a couple times, but I got Georgia versus Bama in the championship, and I'm going with Georgia. Yep. I'm going with Georgia. Like, that's just, I've said it dur- during the spring, said it during the summer, and I'm going to stay with it during the fall. I'm going with Georgia in the national Championship. And a lot of times, that's the way our 12 team playoffs working out. But you got to love those matchups. And speaking of matchups, as we're winding down, boys, it's time. It's time for picks. Let's do it. Maction. Maction. We got to get hot here. 187, Two more weeks. 126, right at the 60% marker. Mm-hmm. Here's what I got tonight three games. Buckle up. Eastern Michigan. Plus six and a half at home against Western Michigan. I like it. I believe in the East right now. I just believe in the East (laughs) and Eastern Michigan. I guarantee
4: you'll get
7: a special teams touchdown. Yeah, Western Michigan either (laughs) scores one or gives
6: one up, but I'm going to go Eastern Michigan plus six and a half playing a lot better than they did against Ohio last week. Ohio really took it to them, especially on the ground. From the jump, they really jumped them. Give me Eastern Michigan plus six and a half, and give me the Bowling Green, Miami, Ohio, over I like it. 51 and a half. Gabbard, the little Gabbard out there just slinging it, Wild West style. Miami, Ohio, they're five and five. This game really doesn't affect whether they can make the MAC championship game, but it gets them bowl eligible. Bowling gotcha. Green, they dropped 56 on Buffalo, then have looked totally inept on offense. Does your former Coach Scott Leffler figure out a way. Just That's score 17 points. That's all I'm asking. Just score 17 points, and we hit the over. Or Miami, Ohio, just do it yourself. Score
4: 52. Little yeah. Gabbert. Little Gabbert. Little Gabbert. Put the Pretty camera sure.
6: on me, real quick. Little Gabbert, please, please do this for us. I don't know whether you're in Miami, whether you're in Ohio. I don't know where the hell y'all are or what a Red Hawk is, but I need y'all to score 52 points. Those are my picks.
7: <laughs> I love it. Go ahead, bud. All right, this is what I'm taking. All right, I'm taking Ohio plus seven, seven uh, plus seven and a half at home like versus them. Toledo. Yeah. You watch that Toledo game? Toledo's very
6: good. Did you say Toledo? Toledo? Oh, I thought you said Toledo. That was just funny. <laughs> Either way, home, home underdogs. No, I mean, God it's, to love it's, it. It. it's not
7: wrong right now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> seven and a half, York at home. I believe in it. Ohio's been in almost every game they played. I believe they lost like five games by a total of seven points.
6: They have Mm -hmm. a transfer quarterback that's massive. Yeah, right. So that guy looks 40 years old.
7: Ohio on the ground. I like that. And I'm also taking Miami of Ohio at home, minus 16 and a half against a Bowling Green team to where if you stop the run, they're not going to score. They scored 17 by a late touchdown, Mm kind of almost backdoored a little bit. But Gabbard for Miami, Ohio. Is for real.
6: Yeah, now now that line moved up to 17 and a half. Would you still take it at 17 and a half? You got it early at 16 and a half. I was here. We all saw it. We got the messages. Would you take Miami, Ohio at minus 17 and a half?
7: Yeah, I would. I believe they won by 21 points. Mm. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Okay.
4: Taking the hook all right. That. Okay. It's a discount double check. I like what you're up to over there. Ooh. All right, I got some similar ones. I want Eastern Michigan also in Ypsilanti tonight, but in the first half. Is plus every game three in Salani? I feel no, like you said no, 30 times. Two, uh, two weeks ago, they were at Toledo. Okay. Actually, what's interesting, and I don't know why I'm d- doing this, even though I've done the research, I think they've lost their last two home games something's and gotta won change. their last two road something's games. Gotta so something's got to change. Something's got to change. Eastern Michigan, first half, plus three and a half. At least let's keep it close early mm-hmm. for me, and then let's keep it close all game for my man over there. Bet buds, and then I want Bet the buds. exact same pick on the second one. I hate to double up, but you know what? I got to do it here. Miami of Ohio, Bowling Green over 51 and a half, mm-hmm. same as you. Hey, to my old ball coach Scotty Leffler, either dial up some nasty stuff and score a bunch of points, or just give up a bunch of points. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> let's get that over. Yes, let's get that exact, over. Let's get it.
6: I, I love it. I love it. All right, I'm gonna tweak those picks out. Uh, Blaine, one question from the booster club. Make it a good one. Who? One question. One question. That's tough. That's tough. One ring to rule them all.
7: You know, the, the the Jordan and David comments were funny. Yes, guys, I would be off the line of scrimmage, and I know I would get murdered. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, David Heron, hashtag AskJBoy. If Kiffin doesn't leave Ole Miss this year, does Lebby take
6: another job? Look, I somebody's going to snag Lebby if Lane's still at Ole Miss. It's going to happen. The question is, is Jeff ready to go, and is it the right job? I mean, this guy's been been waiting in the wings. His name's very well respected uh, in the coaching community. If Lane Kiffin stays at Ole Miss for two or three more years, Levy will not be there. I think he'll take the job. I know he's very comfortable in Oxford, but I would not be shocked if Jeff Levy took a job somewhere else. That's a great question, Blaine. I told you to pick a good one, and you did. Speaking about pick a good one, you picked a great show to watch today. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification button. Hit the likes. Check out everything on the volume. Remember, we're dropping the Bryce Young podcast, 430 Eastern. We're going to drop the audio from this at 5 Eastern. We appreciate you guys. Shout out to the Booster Club. It was hot as always. And remember, I'm going to go ahead and say this again. All right. SMU is beating Cincinnati this week. So all the Cincinnati talk, this show right now is going to be like the Cincinnati talk for making the playoff after this weekend. Going, going, gone.
2: The J-Boy Show is produced by David Cohn, associate producer Blaine Crane, audio engineer Faison Sharif, executive producers Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn, voiceover announcer Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. Win the water cooler with The J-Boy Show.
3: The Volume.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.